Good morning and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D, and I'm joined today by Brett Ritchie. It is Friday, September 17th, and we are coming off an action-packed week of NFT news in action. Brett, how are you feeling? Were you able to keep up with everything this week? I'm feeling good. I've been traveling a bit, so I've been sort of half as engaged as I usually am. Uh, the last couple of months, I basically just spent on my computer uh, all day. And so it's been nice to get like a little break from that, but definitely missed out on some uh, opportunities, man. This space moves really fast, but it's all good. That's the challenge with taking even half a day off in NFT world is it feels like you are just days and, and weeks behind. Yeah. Um, but all good. Well, we've got an action-packed show here for the audience. But before we jump in, do want to do a little brief intro for Brett. Um, I've been working with Brett uh, and Skyhook in our Discord for the, the past couple months, most of the summer, just grinding NFTs all day. Um, I know, Brett, you've got a background in poker, dabble in DFS a little bit. Why don't you tell us your story, background, and kind of how you got into NFTs? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I guess, a gambler uh, my whole life as a pro poker player. Um, I was involved in DFS more on um, the startup side. wasn't necessarily a great player, but I've been all you know around these. I guess you could call them fringe industries a bit. Uh, so NFTs, like it felt familiar. I was in crypto, still am in crypto. Also, uh, again on the startup side, not necessarily trading so i never did a whole lot of DeFi stuff so this was my first um time really like i started with top shot like a lot of people did and that was my first entry into like really actively trading um but it some it just clicked you know to some extent and it helps that like the market's been um a bull market for most of this year other than top shot uh so yeah i like it man it's it's something i really enjoy the nft world it's fun. It's exciting. What, what I like about your style is, is we approach NFTs a bit differently. I feel like you make kind of bigger bets. You also exit positions a bit more quickly. Maybe just kind of give the group a, just a, a high-level overview of some of your trading strategies. Yeah, so in general, I, I stay away from the really expensive stuff. Um, I think like something like CryptoPunks or the Bored Apes, um, you need a lot of money for that to be like – where you or you don't or if you don't want to spend time actively trading i like to be pretty active um and so i i'm more like i would say like the small i'll be like a whale in the small stakes or like a medium fish in the in the mid size and i and i pretty much avoid um you know stuff that's like 10 ETH plus um and yeah i i like to be active there's i you have, I have like a long-term position there's certain stuff that i like that's completely off the board where I'm just buying it knowing that like maybe there's nobody else is going to buy these things and, and I just like them. And then I play, you know, some, some of like my bankroll or whatever is going to go to more active positions, right? Like I'm looking to trade that within this week or something. And then like a midterm too, um, where it's, yeah. you never know how long something's going to pan out, but I like to have a, I like a good mix and I really love the deranged off the board plays, uh, <laughs> You know, the the uh, uh, there's a few projects I like where like I'm one of the only ones buying them and it, it who knows, it's, you know, probably unlikely it's going to pan out. But like it'll feel really cool if one of those hits. I can't wait for our new segment, Brett's Strange Plays, that, yeah. that we cover. And Crypto Leos might be. Uh, I love the one. Leos, man. Tripped Out Leos is the most slept on uh, project in this whole space by like a mile. Um, they're great. Only 0.04 and Polygon, so you don't need um, to pay gas. Definitely nails the, the meme criteria, which is so important yeah. uh, in NFTs. But in all seriousness, I think Brett's style, and especially concentrating in some of the, the lower price NFT market, uh, is going to resonate well with our audience. One of the most common questions I get is, you know, where should I start? You know, what are some plays that I can make with a really low bankroll? Um, yeah. And certainly on the show, we cover the top end of the market. We cover our crypto punks, our blocks, of course, because that's where most of the ETH is. Um, but also totally aware that for newcomers, those are those are out of play. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that quite a bit 
uh, even starting today and on, on shows to come. Um, yeah, like if you follow my Twitter, uh, I try and only recommend cheap projects. Like I feel the more expensive ones have, have enough um, eyes on them. I usually recommend stuff that's like 0.1 or 0.2 and lower. Um, and the gas situation on Ethereum definitely hurt uh, the lower end of the market recently. So, uh, you know, I'm a little cautious about that. But again, you have Solano, you have Pancake Swap coming, you have Polygon, Tezos. There's a lot of options out there uh, with this cheap entry points. So we're going to be looking at some of those alternative solutions as well on this show. Absolutely. Well, great intro. You know, why don't we go ahead and get into our first segment? Top news. We got three big stories to cover. Again, action-packed week. We got to start with the controversy at OpenSea. Nate Chastain. Head of product out the door this week, insider trading scandal. Brett, take yeah. us through what happened and your take. So Nate was this really impressive OpenSea employee. I was shocked at how responsive he was on Twitter. Like they're scaling faster than like any company ever, or or it's up there, right? And and he's their head of product, and he's he's answering all sorts of. Uh, inquiries from all these teams uh, about their listings, about their like verification status. So I was really impressed with Nate. Uh, and, you know, a few days ago, somebody's like, hey, look at Nate's main address. He was basically sending money from his address to another address, sometimes with an intermediary address, buying um, like off the board type of art that was then immediately listed on the OpenSea front page and he would flip it. And so he did it on like 10 projects for like two ETH each. He made 19 ETH total, which, you know, there's only 30 employees or something at OpenSea, right? He's head of product. Whatever his equity was has to be worth way more than 19 ETH, right? You're like, you're in this dream spot on a total rocket ship. And and he got caught and he got fired. It's insane. I don't, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it's been tough for me to wrap my head around it. Like, he's clearly a really sharp guy, really smart, yeah. you know, pedigree background. You know, I think what's the most shocking to me is just the the small scalps he's taking on these trades. And, you know, yeah. I, I think you and I can, can speak. There's a lot of plays in NFTs where people will make 19 ETH in, in a single trade or a single yeah. group of plays without doing insider trading. Like this is yeah. the last three to six months have been a very profitable time in NFTs and just being in the space every day, like there has to have been better opportunities. It's just tough to, yeah. to, to see this. It doesn't make sense, you know, but, and especially like the way he did it was guaranteed to get caught because he was using his main wallet um, or at least sending the money back right to and from it. So I don't know it was weird, but he got fired. You know, I don't think they had much of a choice there. That's like, it's just, it's senseless, but uh, yeah, I love OpenSea though. It's still a great platform. Me too. I I'm a big OpenSea fan. Uh, it's where I spend all my time. I, I know that people jab at it and bicker, but I mean, it's the best platform. Any product like top shot went through a lot of the same things. Whenever you yeah. grow a hundred X in a month, there's going to be issues. You know, it's like, I think they've been quite impressive just keeping the system afloat with this influx of traffic. Um, you know, it's just, I've never like poker stars, DraftKings, right. Any of these platforms I've used. I remember when DraftKings was down, like on a whole Sunday, poker stars crashed on, on a whole Sunday, right. Any fast growing platform is going to have scaling issues. Like I've never, YouTube did too. Like it's, it's uh, that's just part of the, the way tech works. Of course. We're still open sea fans, but that's actually a good transition to our next story, Top Shot. So Dapper Labs announces this week partnership with Google. Google is going to help scale the Flow blockchain. Um, really big stories. There's been some speculation in the space. You know, when is big tech going to enter NFTs and blockchain? And I think we got, we got our, our start here. With Google, um, I I have to say I'm going to read the tweet from Dapper Lab CEO Roham um, tweeting about the deal on Tuesday that he is amped to welcome Google to the Flow blockchain. 
I love this tweet. Blockchain CEOs, they're just like us. I feel like this is such a Chad crypto trader, informal tweet for such a big announcement. Um, definitely happy for Roham, happy for Dapper Labs. You know, I think this is good, of course, for NBA Top Shot. And I know that he's got big plans for, for Flow. I think the, the piece of the story that I haven't really seen people talk about yet is the whole concept of the centralized blockchains, so to speak, and decentralized. Um, you know, just in this title, Rohan is CEO of Dapper Labs, right? He's kind of CEO of Flow blockchain, so to speak. Yeah. There's no CEO of Ethereum, right? So we're going to start seeing more and more discussion, like user adoption of you know, centralized versus decentralized. There's pros and cons of each. Uh, you know, I, I come from the traditional banking space, so I understand centralized. I understand the benefits of being regulated. Certainly the, you know, the Cavalier early blockchain and NFT adopters, you know, the vision is totally decentralized. So there's going to be that user base who maybe never really interacts much with, with flow. The, the take I get from our new users, the new adopters, people who are new to NFTs, is they don't really care that much about that. Right. You know, they're yeah. here to trade, you know, they're, they're here to, to make some money. Um, I mean, so, the, the fees for the decentralization are extreme, right? We've seen what can happen on Ethereum when the demand is high, right? It's very costly to, to sort of keep decentralization to that extreme. I think Ethereum is great. My fear on Ethereum has kind of been that it's going to be like the whale research chain, right? Where the small user retail base is priced out. Again, since it's all open source, they, they basically, by research chain, they're the ones like pushing the space forward. And then someone just copy pastes it um you know kind of like binance smart chain for example and what they've done over at uh pancake swap and um so yeah i think flow is interesting right i, I there's a definite space for the centralized um blockchains and that's the kind of product that gets nba partnerships it gets dr seuss partnerships you know like ethereum is maybe a little too wild west for some of these legacy brands to to head right into so it's like it's almost like a uh training uh, on-ramp, like uh, Top Shot for the, a lot of this uh, NFT run, I don't think happens without Top Shot. Uh, so many people got their start, uh, like myself, over on that platform. And it's a safer bet. You know, it, when we get more and more mainstream America who wants to play in NFTs, you know, there's advantages to being centralized and regulated and, and having a, a support team that, that you can reach out to, right? All, all that yeah. matters. But... I got to jump on your, your comment, the, the copy-paste. It's a lead-in to our third story, Solana. Solana with a lot of problems this week. They were down for seven hours the other day, and they also have a controversial new project with Soulblocks. Walk us through what, what happened this week, Brett. Yeah, so um, basically the Solana network just completely shut down. They have, uh, speaking of like centralization, they have uh, – basically validators, which are sort of their version of miners. And for whatever reason, um, their validators like weren't in consensus, the entire network ground to a halt for like 12 hours, which is interesting because Solana, if you read Twitter, you have all these people shilling how it's better than Ethereum. It's like, it's like this amazing thing. And I, I actually quite like Solana and I, uh, I have NFTs there. I have some Solana but I got really annoyed by the over-the-top shilling. There's just something about this space where people just pump their bags so much. It annoys me. And I'm just like, you know, it's it's really early. Like like Mike Tyson's like, everyone has a plan till they get hit, right? Um, all of these networks, everyone's every network's fast and amazing when no one's using it, right? How do you handle traffic? Ethereum is quite battle-tested at scale. It gets expensive, but it works. Uh, a lot of these other much faster, cheaper versions um, they really haven't been battle tested the same way. We've seen what can happen there. Um, but you know what? They fixed it. Nobody seems to care. The price didn't really drop. Mm -hmm. NFT's price didn't really drop. So, um, you know, I like Solana. Again, there's a place for the fast, cheap uh, blockchains. And again, there's a lot of uh, like what VCs and, and uh, influential people backing this chain. I like it too. I really wish we could just stop as a community as a whole with the the shilling, with saying why one's better than the other. Like I, I want both Ethereum and Solana to succeed. Right? There's there's yeah. absolutely places for both. 
I see a new NFT market view where Solana, Polygon are where the newcomers are going to play, right? And then they're going to hopefully build their bankrolls up and then move up to Ethereum and, and play in some of the bigger assets. There's yeah. absolutely room for both to coexist. Um, but we got to try to get through some of this, this bickering. It's just just annoying, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, but Soulblocks, do, do you have a take on this, uh, the latest ripoff on Solana with uh, the Fidenza? I don't, so I never like the, the copycat stuff. I've won Begins, Punk, uh, for the most part. Like, I don't have any of the fast food ones. Like, I, I, for the most part, I've just stayed away. It's not like any... Um, righteous stand or something i think like andy in, a, in the discord we're in is like you got to just eliminate some stuff right and so like the derivative projects of of crypto punks or art blocks typically i have avoided um you know to me it kind of seems like stealing the soul box thing right they're just taking the guy the artist's script without mm -hmm. his permission rerunning it again on a different blockchain i don't think you should be taking artists work um for commercial use without their permission right to me that's wrong uh so yeah i'm out on that i just don't know why they're trying to make their you know their big splash in nfts by copying all these projects that's, like, that's you know, the problem they, solana the barrier to entry <laughs> is so low right that that yeah. you have all these scammers flooding the market right. over there um there's no gas fees right it's like it's basically free to do what they're doing so they're yeah. just some anonymous team looking for a cash grab, you know, stealing other people's work and there's basically nothing to stop them. And that's going to keep for sure on Solana keep happening um, due to the cost of entry being so low. Yeah. So it's going to make it tougher to, to sift through and try to find the good projects, but we'll, we'll definitely do what we can here on the show to try to pick those out. But good. So I think we covered our top news. Uh, really the fourth top news story, just general market recap. NFTs are back. Bear market, it is over. Uh, I'm going to pull up some data and, and just kind of walk some users who, who may not be kind of following the day-to-day -day through what exactly has been going on. Uh, I'm actually showing a, a dashboard here from Dune Analytics. Quick Dune Analytics plug. It's my primary data uh, analysis source for NFT technical analysis. Um, it's free to use. It's easy to discover and, and find new dashboards. What we're, we're showing here today is just the high-level OpenSea dashboard. Uh, I'm going to focus first on just monthly volume. So July, uh, OpenSea did 300 million in volume. August was 3.4 billion. So you know, massive spike. NFTs are parabolic. It's massive bull market. Then September slowed down, so to speak, right? Everyone starts panicking. We see floors drop 50 to 65% across blue chips. You know, <laughs> the data doesn't really back that up. So I'm looking at September volume, 1.8 billion, just a little bit over halfway through. We're going to meet August, if not exceed, if things really keep up the last uh, part of this month. We see the same on this chart across the, on the right, which has more of the daily view. You know, we see the massive spike there at the end of August when the real peak mania was happening. And then, of course, it, it went down because that was just totally unsustainable. But if you look at the last few days of, in mid-September, you know, it, it's well above mid-August. You know, NFTs are back. That's my takeaway. I think also what's not being displayed here and is a really important point is there's a lot of trading and activity being done outside of OpenSea now. Uh, on sites like NFT Trader, uh, Swap Kiwi, uh, others that aren't even being tracked here um, in, in most of the NFT market metrics. Part of the, the big driver there is OpenSea changed their uh, their, their private sales, so they're they're taking a fee. It's a flat two and a half percent. A lot of the whales and, and funds and whatnot don't want to pay that level of fee on the high end transactions, so they're they're finding other ways to do that. So yeah. these, these numbers would be even higher if, if those were baked in. One of the stats I like the most, and I don't know where it, where it is now, but it, like late August, the unique wallets buying were, I think, 30,000 a day. And the unique wallets selling were 15,000 a day on OpenSea. Uh, so I was quite bullish. The thing that got me worried, I did join that sort of like fear 
heard or I was just selling some stuff just to make a sale is the gas prices got so insane, especially in like the cheaper stuff that, that I like um, buying. Right. If you were like sub 0.1 floor, you're basically going to zero because yeah. the gas that you're paying 0.03, 0.04, like per item, people are just going to um, uh, it's really hard to have buyers that people start undercutting. Uh, so that that still like worries me in in general for the Ethereum space more more in the smaller end of things. I think like obviously if you're in art blocks or like crypto punks, those types of uh, uh, board apes, the gas fees are sort of irrelevant as a percentage of the total um, piece cost. But the cheaper it is, like the more the more that can hurt. Um, but again, the, the there's a lot of other Solana we talked about, Polygon, Pancake Swap is coming soon. Uh, so there's a lot of other like affordable options out there that I think I think we'll see a lot of like the cheaper projects um, kind of leave shift from uh, mainnet Ethereum. Absolutely. Um, well, let's dive in and, and talk about some of the key segments of the market driving that action. I'm going to start with CryptoPunks. I know we've been kind of bouncing back and forth between the low end and the high end, but you know, we can't ignore CryptoPunks. There's just too much going on. So anyone who's been following that space, they've been flying off the shelf for the last few days. If you pull up the, the Larva Labs website and just look at all the punk sales, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just scrolling through. You get to the bottom of page one and they're all still with, within the last day. I think we saw a hundred plus crypto punk sales and the audience awareness, the floor got as low as uh, upper 70s, low 80 Ethereum, so a quarter million roughly. It's back over 100. I think it was 104 Ethereum or so the last time I checked, so about 350K. Um, CryptoPunks are absolutely back. They're surging. This is how fast it can turn around. It was bear, 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 bull market. Um, a few highlights, 3D glasses were some of my favorites that went up in the upper 160s, 170s. We saw VR, we saw a pilot go for 269. I think that's the highest. Uh, so close to a million dollar sale there. Uh, I've also got uh, a soft spot for the redheads. Love the redhead crypto punks, but big action. Got to cover board apes. You know, we weren't, we didn't give too much time on the last show to, to the board ape yacht club community they are also just absolutely crushing it um the big news from this week was the christie's auction started uh you anyone who's in nft twitter probably saw their timelines flooded with board ape owners uh showing their suits off so everyone suited up for christie's i actually did uh did the same i i've got a a, a decent me bits uh, bag myself. Mebits are also in this Christie's auction, so I switched my PFP or profile picture uh, to a to a full suit. But it's a lot of fun. You know, that's a part of being in the community and NFTs, right? Is, is joining in on on some of these trends and jumping on things like the Christie's auction. But the market's definitely spoken and is reacting well to it. Uh, the the floor is up; it's back to forty uh, for for the board apes, and then. It, their sales are also running like crazy. Um, I'd say mostly in the upper 30s, low 40s from what I'm seeing, but like hundreds, hundreds of sales. So very liquid apes market right now. Um, so definitely happy for them. I'm a no aper right now. I definitely want to get back in at some point, but it's just tough. Yeah, you know, I, these, uh, I, bought, I bought two for 0.6 the day, like the morning after their sale, and cowardly, shamefully, I sold them at 1.8. They the apes were like flat for like a month, right? Uh, they sort of traded, and I was like, I wanted to use the ETH for something else, and I was like, I'll just you know I'll buy back in, and then they like doubled the next day, and then it was, and then uh, then they were doing the dogs, and I thought they would come down after the dogs because um, you know you're getting that airdrop part of it. You'd think that was, then they were just off to the races. So I think for me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be, um, you know, I'll wish them well, but I don't, <laughs> I don't see myself buying here. Um, it's fine. I think they were fine purchased. Like if that's, if that's yeah. uh, your um, strategy, I just don't like buying stuff uh, 
that expensive personally. It's tough. I think you and I share the same. Is we feel like 50 ETH, we can potentially trade and, and buy more projects and get some better returns. Yeah. Uh, using that just kind of across the board. But also, if someone wants to buy an APR, I think it's a good buy. A little salty. Yeah. I bought and sold nine different apes myself. Some of the, I had some pretty good ones at one point. They would definitely be in the, in the mid 70s, at least right now. Yeah. So a little tough to see the apes you've sold trade at those uh, markups, but. That's a part of the game. One lesson, maybe don't don't ever sell your last. Uh, I did that with gutter cats or... too, man. I had 10 gutter cats. I That project also was just sort of chilling for a bit, you know, so I, I sold them. And I my plan was to keep one or two. Uh, I still did well on them, right? I, I made money on both projects. Um, so, okay, I'm not complaining, but it's like I also didn't see the gutter cats mooning um, – as hard as they did, but th that's a really impressive team, man. You got to give them credit. So, um, Absolutely. I like, I like, uh, you know, the right teams in this space can really, uh, go a far way. I think that's what it comes down to it. Really. You're, you're not betting on the art, you know, you're really betting on the, the dev team and the community at this point when you're, when you're talking about the PFPs or profile picture projects. So yeah, that's really what you got to look at. And we'll cover a little bit more later on. I want to cover art blocks. So uh, another data dashboard I'm going to show up here is showing some of the high level info on the fragments of an infinite field drop from Monica Rizzoli stealing all the art blocks headlines this week. Um, the product has gone absolutely nuclear. It minted on Monday. It actually minted during our live show. I missed the, I missed the mint because we were recording. Uh, it minted out about 2.5 ETH plus gas. Um, it actually sat on secondary from 2.5 to 3 for about an hour or so. I was debriefing from the show. Then I was starting to free up some ETH to, to buy, and then it started running. I kept trying to chase it. I, I sold multiple things, uh, taking a haircut. I got up to about 7 ETH or so. I couldn't catch the fragments. They were running too fast. I think they got up to 10 or 12 ETH on, on day one. Um, so I, I missed it. They are now at around a 34 ETH floor. That's crazy. 100K USD, 9,200 ETH traded in five days, actually four days uh, this week. Just absurd. Uh, some of the things that jump out to me is this has just been universally acclaimed from all the sharpest folks that, that I follow in the NFT space, um, Punk6529, Barat, Anonymous, all these guys jumped in on, on fragments. I think what's so cool and what's different about this drop um, is the, the concept of the four seasons. So for those who haven't seen the, the project, it's a series of basically like, you know, flowers in a field, so to speak. And then there's winter versions, fall, spring, and summer. And then each of those seasons also has a toggle on or off for like a weather pattern. So there's summer rain, there's summer no rain, there's fall with falling petals or no petals, winter snow, spring pollen. So there's essentially eight different permutations. So what the, the whales and the biggest collectors are doing is they're buying up either a four season set or even an eight with the, the toggle to on and off. And I think that's really taken so much of the supply out of the, the 1,024 piece set that's really what's been underlying this just parabolic growth in, in the price. Um, I keep hoping it's going to come back down to earth. I, I'd like to acquire a fragment. I think it's a beautiful piece, but I don't know. Yeah. For me, again, like I, when something runs like that, I, I just feel like I missed the boat and I'm, I'm, uh, I'll look for the next one, but it's a good reminder that there's always these um, new opportunities in nfts like that's a that's a math right you're you're 10xing three east in a few days literally just by minting an art box um there's a lot of obviously there's risk too uh, you know sometimes i buy stuff that goes to zero um probably more often than i should um but there, there's plenty of opportunity in the space right now like that was a you know that's a trade that was open to anybody right extremely visible art box yeah. curated you know, there was no secret. There's no whales. There's no insider trading, right? It's that was open to everybody. 
And, um, you know, there's going to be more opportunities like that too. Yeah. And I, I talked to crypto traders a lot who, who want to get into NFTs. I mean, how many trades can you make that 10 X in, in three days, you know, never at, enough at this scale. Right. I mean, this is, this is a real opportunity. It's unfortunate to miss it, but very happy for my, congrats on just a, a beautiful drop. Um, one other big art blocks drop in the, in the factory set. So curated is the, the highest tier art blocks. It's, it's the artists who have to go through the, the biggest vetting factory, uh, looser, you know, restrictions, a looser vetting. Um, we had the, uh, the democracy, uh, democracy, I don't know exactly how to say it, uh, was a drop from Generative Artworks. It's actually their second drop on Factory. They were the artists behind Inchiridion. They just they pick very difficult names for their projects. Um, it minted out yesterday, uh, I believe around 0.75 with gas. The floor is up to 2.5, which is very high for Factory, especially with a 1,024-piece set. Already traded 1700 ETH. We've seen a, a high sale of 15. This is out of the normal for, for factory for sure. So, like, when I see something like this, I pay attention. Have you, did you look at Democracy at all? I mean, I was, I, yeah, I've, been, I've been busy, so I didn't look at it. Um, and then I looked yesterday. Um, I saw some people talking about it on Twitter. Again, post mint, it was already like two something floor. I was like, I, you know, I'm not really, uh, gonna buy this i think there's definitely some euphoria after the um the fragments run up mm -hmm. right the curated drop uh but uh, this does look cool like i like i like this factory drop so it wouldn't surprise me if it stays there or goes higher mm -hmm. like there's some cool stuff in um factory in my opinion um that like i prefer some of the factory to to some of the curated right i mean i'm not yeah of course i feel like we, we could board, get to a but... state yeah, where eventually we we take the titles off, so to speak, yeah. right, and just look at the projects. You know, you, you mentioned Euphoria, so I was watching the sales feed live yesterday post drop, and it was wild. I think the four ran up close to four. That the sales were in the high threes and high fours in the, in the couple hours post drop. I think it was people chasing that mania from fragments, and they saw how how fast and how high fragments went. And I think it was a lot of traders and flippers thinking they could get the same reaction from the democracy drop. And then it fell back to earth. So I think just a, a quick warning to, to folks who are new to art blocks, be careful chasing steam, be careful chasing hype in these post drops. Um, it doesn't always 10 X. So, and you can, you can end up in a, in a bad position, especially if you're just buying to trade or flip and you're not buying because you like the piece. Um, so just a, just a, a word of warning there for folks. Um, well, good. That's our block segment. I'm going to round out the market update by looking at some data from our friends at IC Tools. Uh, we covered IC Tools in, in episode one. They're one of our go-to providers for the trending data, what projects are moving the most. They've got different filters for one hour, two hour. I'm going to look at the last day uh, in the last 24 hours, what some of the biggest movers are. I'm going to take a look at the, the volume filter um, and call out some of the big ones here. So certainly, we talked about art blocks. They're, they're leading the show. Um, Omnimorphs coming in at fourth on the board. Uh, see about 750 ETH traded in the last 24 hours. But the, the sales number, 2,876 sales on the board. That's, that's huge. It's, it's a 10,000 piece set um Brett, i know you've been following omnimorphs we've seen yeah. some weird price action here it's Give me your thoughts. to me it's weird so um yeah i have a bunch of these and it reminds me of on one and sevens similar art in that vein um the artist behind it is is a known person right there's a lot of these anonymous teams uh daniel taylor um and so they look cool right it's pre-reveal the there were so many sales at like 0.25 yesterday, like multiple sales every minute, all day, all night. It does it didn't make sense. Like I don't know who was minting to flip for like total dust profit there. It, to me, it's like you see all these buyers. I'm not I'm not trying to fight everyone else to dump my piece there. I'm I'm willing to let it ride and see what happens. Um, 
like with on one that ran up to seven floor, I yeah. think, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know what it is that now. Peak. It's two or three. Sevens hit 0.7, I think, or something like that. You know, to me, I like this better than the sevens. Um, not saying it's gonna hit 0.7, but like I'm I'm gonna gamble that it is, right? I'm I'm not racing to the exits with all these other people. So uh I didn't quite understand the price action. There's so many sales in the in the floor didn't move at all. Uh so a lot of people were just exiting immediately after buying for basically like break even or small profit. It was it's weird. Yeah, it's crazy turnover. I think the product's up to 4100 unique wallets holding now, which is a super strong foundation really good. for a day in. Full disclaimer, I've got a, a big Omnimorph bag. I, I posted it on my Twitter yesterday. I made a big bet on the pre-sale market. I thought it was going to be a gas war. I thought we were going to see 0.4 ETH or above after the public sale. I was wrong. So I'll, I'll take my short-term L on that. I think my average buy-in is closer to 0.33 or so as I load it up on the pre-sale. Uh, but I feel really good about it long-term. I like Daniel Taylor. They've already announced an artist collab. They've got the forging feature, right, where, which essentially makes it a deflationary project. Um, where you can combine two Omnimorphs, pick the best trait, and make a new one. Um, so still bullish. We mentioned On One Force. I think that took some of the Omnimorph steam, actually. On One <clears throat> had a big research yesterday, about 700 ETH for them traded. Um, Crypto Dads remains in the headlines. I think their floor got up to 1.7, pretty high. Um, They've got a promise of an airdrop to unique wallets and not to just how many crypto dads you have. So that's kind of skewed some of their ownership distribution metrics a bit, uh, but they're, they're airdropping crypto moms. So definitely something to watch. And then a few new drops yesterday with anonymize quadrums. I'm not following those too closely, um, but they're, they're trading pretty high. So I'm gonna have to pay some attention to it. Um, yeah. Quadrums. I saw some, some like sharp people I follow, minted those but I, I i was busy i didn't i missed the mint and then i think the floor was like um much higher than 0.06 that it says here uh the thing one of these things i don't get the sneaky vampire syndicate to me mm-hmm. uh i don't get it it's like it, it uh there's these random like pfp drops that just moon to like a 0.7 i think their floor was like one at some point yesterday and you know, it's like you can have two craniums or one of these. To me, that's like not even close. The craniums are way better. Um, so not Hard to, to predict. trash <laughs> them. I just like there's a lot of like these. There's a lot like Al Cabones was another one that ran yeah. up to like one ETH and then it completely. And I'm like, who's buying them here? Uh, so there's still a lot of demand for these like new drops. But I do think there's a lot of people that are just sort of like blindly chasing steam without yeah. necessarily looking at uh some of the underlying like reasons for success uh that may or may not be there on some of these yeah absolutely i'm right there with you it's hard for me to see sneaky vampires just kind of another pfp product and i given i didn't dive into it but see them go up to one omnimorphs are sitting at 0.25 that, that doesn't make sense to me but yeah. we'll see where they're at in a week but i feel like we're on this topic let's talk about daily drops we're seeing a dozen to, to 20 new drops per day. Are you still actively monitoring these? Are you, are you playing not, new drops on a daily basis? Not really. Um, you, I hardly look now, especially I've been, uh, I've been on the road, so I'm, I'm doing less. Um, I look today though, um, cause we're doing this show here. There's, there's a site, uh, the adventurers.io. It's a free mint at 4 PM. And you you know you have to pay gas or whatever, but it seems it seems reasonable. I'm definitely going to check that out. I think a lot more projects are going um, the free mint route, which I think is is interesting because you can make plenty of money on secondary sales, right? Mm-hmm. You you can take a cut of OpenSea, and as a project, in my opinion, you can charge more, right? Like if you give a free mint out, you can charge the full 10% commission if you want, right? If you're charging 0.08, you should be coming in at like two or three percent. Uh, and so projects can sort of weigh that and, um, you know, we're going to see more projects just fail to sell out. And we've also seen plenty of projects that do sell out and then just immediately crater. So like the, 
it's getting saturated. So I don't really, I don't, I still end up minting, you know, multiple times a week, but I'm not uh, as active looking at that as, as I was. Well, we we uh, love to mint. So it's, yeah. it's fun. Uh, <clears throat> I definitely see the value in, in newcomers to the space trying to find these free to mint projects. It's, you know, it's the lowest entry possible. You're just paying gas and you've got, you know, it's definitely a, an asymmetric upside potential. Just one word of warning. I've gone overboard on the free mints and done like, you know, 10 to 20. Then you're talking about 0.1, 0.2 ETH and gas. Then it's, it's no longer a, a free roll and they absolutely can be total dust projects. And, you know, they, they go sub 0.01 and you just are unable to sell. So just yeah. because it's free, don't, don't go in too hard, but yeah. you know, collecting one or two, I think is, is probably a fairly safe bet because yeah. as we mentioned, it's really hard to predict which one of these are going to go 10 X or more. Yeah. It always depends on your risk tolerance. Like I have, I have a pretty high risk tolerance when it I'll fire like a few ETH into, into a random mint where I, you know, that's gone to zero a bunch. It's also 10 X, you know, sometimes too. So, um, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, ride that train into the ground if I need to, uh, which I've done that probably more than I should have. Um, but again, like the, you know, the, it's easy to look at some of the losses, but, but those wins don't happen without that same approach either. Of course. Let's switch gears. We're going to do a kind of a rapid fire on, on two segments here. Uh, we're going to do one of Wonderland and then the, some mid-range PFPs. So I'm going to start with one of Wonderland. Uh, again, this is <clears throat> the artists who make one of one pieces on sites like Super Rare or, or Foundation, which is where we typically focus. The headlines from this week, Manaloids. Manaloids hit seven sales, all at the 47.2 ETH price range so what's that 150k usd um the sharps are definitely buying i see punk 6529 who's one of the sharpest folks in the space he's buying i saw ape dow buy as well so whenever i see the sharps moving i, I pay attention um alpha centauri kid he's one of my favorite artists in uh, the one of one space he set his new record with a 64 ETH sale um, for a one-of-one one piece. It had a really cool twist. It's actually the first time I've seen an artist do this. Uh, essentially, he promised a, a secret hardware wallet with some different tokens on it for whoever bought the one-of-one one piece. And they didn't know what they were going to get at the time of purchase. And then he revealed it uh, after the buyer won the auction. And it had four different pieces in it four different one-of-ones, just an amazing bag for this buyer. I think certainly he got a good deal there at 64 ETH. Shout out to Alpha Centauri Kid, yeah. really innovative artist. You know, I, I tweeted about this this week. I, I think it's really cool just to step back and take a minute to realize that we're watching artists who maybe become top artists in digital art, crypto art space, play out their career arcs before our, our eyes. And, you know, we're in their discords and, and we're chatting with them. Uh, it's a bit surreal that we're, uh, this is kind of what's happening in this space right now. But it's, it's definitely fun to be a part of. Big ACK fan. I hope he continues to do well. Um, last piece. I want to touch on this killer acid buy that from Keyboard Monkey. Keyboard Monkey is one of my favorite traders in the NFT space. He came from crypto trading and other types of trading. He's so hot and cold. He's absolutely bearish one day and then bullish the next day. Um, he's been on up only. He's been on several shows. He's a, he's a really sharp trader. He bought this piece miles of smiles for 20 ETH. Uh, I think it's a pretty iconic killer acid piece. I wanted to show this off to the audience. Um, yeah, that's, that's fire. I would, I would love to have a killer acid. It is on uh, my wish list someday, but uh, it's going to take some. <clears throat> it's going to take some good flipping out to get to that level. But, but good for KBM. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about uh, the segments: blue chip PFPs. But we've, we've covered punks and apes. I want to talk the the level below a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we'll start with cool cats. Cool cats have been stealing some headlines. Um, their floor has run up quite a bit. They're up to like five point nine ETH. 
Uh, two major news items from them that, that's driving this is one, they've got a companion drop. So similarly to how Apes got the, the Board Ape Kennel Club and the dog for free for, for all owners, uh, that the cool cats are going to have a companion as well. Uh, but the piece that I'm more interested in is the, the promising of the NFT staking and some tokenomics. So they introduced the idea for this milk token, uh, essentially uh, a, a coin, so to speak, that, that will be airdropped to all the cool cat owners and will be able to be used in the future. It'll be able to be traded. Um, we're seeing more and more projects do this. Subdux is another one that recently did this with their Volt token. Um, it's essentially starting to combine NFTs and DeFi. And I think we're going to see more and more of this. Um, <clears throat> we saw this play out with, with Loot and Blue a bit recently. And I know Wicked Craniums had a big announcement this week where they're also introducing some NFT staking. Brett, I know you're a big Craniums holder. Yeah. Walk I love through. the Craniums, man. So they, they're bringing um, staking to nfts i believe they're the first project to do it where you can basically you can stake your craniums and get um a god cranium so if you take 10 craniums with the same trait you stake them into a contract you get this god cranium uh that's going to have that trait and it basically represents a claim to these underlying craniums right that you can get your floor craniums back by redeeming you know you can return the god cranium or you can keep him so it's a bit deflationary. I think it's an interesting experiment. That team, they keep executing. Like they, in my opinion, are like very slept on. I haven't checked the floor today, but it was like 0.35 yesterday. To me, this is a project like on the par of Cool Cats or Gutter Cats, right? I feel it should be in that um, mix. And it's just really slept on. And part of it is since the cranium, they never move. Like they've been fairly safe, but they've been like 0.3, 0.4 for months. Uh, there's this sort of mentality like, well, I kind of like them, but like not enough other people are buying and 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 you just have this, it sort of uh, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. However, I've always thought like Halloween, October is going to be a good month for the craniums. That's around the corner. The team keeps executing. Um, for me, I, I just really like that project. And you talked earlier, right? It's all about community and team. Community is great. Hop in the Discord. That's a vibe. The team is A+. Plus. No one would deny that. Even their like biggest haters would have to admit that the team, they care and they execute. So for me, I, I still like the Craniums um, quite a bit. Last thing, by the way, Cool Cats, speaking of opportunity in this space, these guys couldn't even sell at 0.06. They had to drop their sale down to 0.02 uh, in order to sell out. So there's all sorts of opportunity. And that was just a massive win for anybody that minted those things. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot of opportunity right now. And if they hold. So I bought two cool yeah. cats at, at 0.01. Uh, had I held those, that would be a 600x yeah. at this point. Man, I, I sold my first wave at 0.2. I rebought it. And I think I bought and sold six cool cats. Um, you know, people speculate on what's going to be the third PFP underneath uh, punks and, and apes, kind of top of the board for one and two. Some growing chatter that it's going to be cool cats. So I, I think they've, they were battling uh, the pudgy penguins for a bit. I, I think cool cats are pulling ahead. It's going to be interesting to watch. But... I kind of like the gutter cats out of, out of those. Mm. My problem with cool cats is they look a bit too similar for me, right? There's 10,000 of them and they, they do look quite similar. Obviously I've just been pretty wrong on them. Gutter cats only have 3000 supplies. So it's a little different, but they have a lot of companions, but um, yeah, that team is, is really strong. And I personally prefer the gutter cats art, um, you know, slightly, I guess, over the cool cats. Yeah. The three K supply versus 10 K is, is very interesting. And when you think about, you know, floor price versus market cap, I, I can see gutter cats making the, making the run up there. Yeah. Um, I'm also salty and an ex gutter cat owner having sold uh, probably near the absolute bottom. Um, I got but, I got some of their I got the mint pass for the number three and four companion, but I don't have a, a cat or a rat right now either. But uh, are you buying back in? Uh probably not. I might buy. I've thought about a cat. I'm not a huge fan of the rats, but there's some like utility coming with them. I don't mind them. Um, I like the cats, but again, it's like I don't typically buy stuff that's like ten ETH. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so. 
we're at the point where it's already getting hard to hard to buy back in at some of these and i bought a cool cat this week i actually traded it already Uh, i was going after a grail piece um i'm gonna look to maybe buy back in uh i like what they're doing i like the tokenomics but pulling back to craniums uh, school season is coming uh you know i it's a nice looking entry point at 0.35 eth right now that's a good community rock solid devs you know i i like that play uh, yeah. for newcomers to the space, you know, get, get in the discord, check it out, check out the artwork. Um, if I had to recommend one project to, to enter, it would be the craniums personally. Oh, wow. um, I like the entry point. It's, it's been very safe entry, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, they've, they haven't moved a lot, but it hasn't crashed really either. The only time it hit like 0.25 after running up to 0.85 for the most part, it's been like in the 0.25 to 0.4 range. So I think it's safe with, I mean, safe in quotes, right? It's NFTs right. Uh, with significant upside as well. Yeah, with, with, the, with this roadmap and with their, their price history, like, it, it's not going to just plummet to 0.17 or 0.1 tomorrow, you know, most likely. Yeah. Uh, so I, I tend to agree. It's, it's one of the better plays on the board for sure. Um, well, we, we're running out of time here. Tools and tips. want to cover... One just easy tool, um, block native gas estimator. So for newcomers, whenever you're trying to, to mint or even trying to, to buy an NFT in a competitive market. So let's say the, you missed the Omni's, Omnimorse mint yesterday. You want to buy on secondary. Well, they were selling 10 to 20 per minute at one point, if not higher. Um, so the, the person who wins that NFT, if multiple people are going after it, is the person with higher gas, most likely. Um, so this uh, block name gas estimator, it's nice. It tells you at any point in time, essentially what gas fees to use and the different probabilities of you being able to succeed in completing that transaction. Brett, you're, you're better at advanced gas controls than me. Maybe give I don't know if I'm better. Deal. I'm just I'm more uh, savage. I would say like I'm <laughs> I'm willing to YOLO. Like I've paid six thousand way some like I've paid right um all over an ETH on in gas like for a piece uh before and so like I, typically like if there is something I want um in a gas war type of battle I I err on the side of being over aggressive with my like sizing um to like increase my chances of of winning um because also when you when you ramp gas way up you don't always get charged that full amount right you still kind of get charged whatever the max or the minimum for that block is so you don't always um get get burned but there's like the uh uh, the fuck render crystal drop Mm -hmm. um i it was 0.4 mint right i knew it was gonna be really popular so i put 3.2 eth in my wallet so I was like, and I'm going to go for two. So I was like, I'll happily pay 1.6 for each of these. Um, and by only having that much in my wallet, I couldn't go higher. So I just jammed like 6,000. I jammed basically the highest amount of gas that my wallet would let me um, and for two pieces. And, and I got it. Um, whereas like a lot of people had their transactions fail. So that that's a strategy I don't mind is when you when I have only enough in the wallet to where I don't mind risking the entire amount and then I'll just jam the gas uh, as high as it can go. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, and just uh, take a step back for our audience who may not know what gas is. So gas is the fee that you pay to the miners essentially to, to process your transaction on the Ethereum network. So I'll take a use case for me, the on one force drop from about a month ago. I knew these were super hyped. I wanted to get a set. It was 0.08 mint. <clears throat> I also jammed the gas using Brett's term there. I think I went like 2,500 GUI. Uh, it ended up costing me 0.4 per on one. So 0.08 plus 0.32 in gas. So I paid 4X the gas fee than what the NFT cost. But as we said earlier on the show, the, the floor got to seven at one point. So it's worth paying the gas um, to, to get things you really believe in. If you want to know what you should fire, use block native. It's what we use. It's a good tool. Um, <clears throat> we got about five minutes left. I want to take a couple viewer questions that, that came in uh, 
between our last show and today. I'll take the first one. Brett might take the second. Uh, the first is from Arkle81. My main question is whether there's a way to invest in the overall NFT market without needing to, cons- to constantly be in the weeds, staying up to date with the news. Essentially, is there uh, an equivalent of an NFT ETF out there, but in crypto form? Should I just buy Ethereum? Um, first, this is a great question. I think this is one of the more common questions we get. Um, I think buying Ethereum is definitely a safe bet. It's a play on NFTs. We're definitely, I'm definitely an ETH maxi um, with everything going on with, with the scaling the network, with some of the supply constraints that are going to come into play across the next 18 months. I'm betting big on Ethereum. I think NFTs are a bet on Ethereum. Uh, but I think if you want to stay conservative, buying ETH is a, is a fine play. Um, if you want to talk something along the lines of an ETF or like an S&P 500, you know, type play in, in NFTs, my head goes to, to fractional punks. Um, so alanfractional.art, Andy8052's uh, tool, um, there's actually a, a collection of 104 crypto punks that have been fractionalized. And you can buy shares of them. Uh, I think you can buy as little as 0.01 uh, Ethereum. So it, I, I think they're, I find their website fairly intuitive. Uh, go out there, search around a little bit. If you want to play in, in NFTs, I think CryptoPunks is absolutely one of the safest bets on the board. Um, it's your chance of buying stock, so to speak, in, in CryptoPunks. So that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think that's um, it's a good if you basically just want exposure and you don't want to be active. I think that's a, that's probably the best play. Brett, question for you. Um, this is related to some salty Top Shot owners. Why should anyone who got burned by NBA Top Shot get back into NFTs now? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair question, right? I mean, um, Top Shot. If you like Top Shot, if you like the product, in my opinion, it's unfortunate that the team just relentlessly flooded the market for months senselessly. Um, like I don't, I don't understand why they did that. Um, but that that just shows you the fact that people were so upset too, it, it passionate. Like that does speak to the power of the product, right? Like the product for Top Shot has always been a plus, right? That's why people get so upset when it was essentially like ruined at least temporarily um, by some of the decisions made and like NFTs to me are, are just really fun. Um, and so if you do like them, there's plenty of opportunity out there. Right. And you can, you can, it's also like, that was a learning experience, right. For top shot um, to go through that, that process of just like, you know, straight up and then just like, down 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 for for months um it's interesting to sort of see on the way up there's always buyers man it's it's like on the way down nfts can become so liquid so fast Mm -hmm. that it's a good um lesson right like it's not the same as other crypto where you could it's like there's an order book and you can just sell um you may not be able to sell it all so i think that if you do want to take uh some profits if you want to get uh some eth you know selling into runs when they happen is a smart strategy don't necessarily always try and time the top or or whatever it's okay to like leave some money on the table in order to make a sale um so i mean if you like top shot the nft world it's it's the same thing it's a little more fun to me right and you can bet on um different teams that are going to have a different approach uh, to like supply than top shot did. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think the NFT market's more fun than top shot, but yeah, but I'm probably jaded because I've been more profitable and had more success in general NFTs than I did in top shot. I'm, I'm down, you know, probably 60 to 70% top shot lifetime. Um, not to just, you know, rain on them too hard, but I think I, mean, the I made in- money because I was in January, but like not not a lot, and um, you know I was certainly up more uh, in March than than now. I think to to boil it down, you know, enter with money that you're okay going to zero, 
right? But yeah. but try to find people to follow that, that you can that you can trust and trust their judgment. Find communities uh, around projects that you like and that you click with, and and find art or PFPs that uh, you know that you like and connect with. And at least at the end of the day, you'll have that. You can hang it on your wall. Um, but if you're looking to to trade, you know certainly be be a little more careful, but we're, we're all having a whole lot of fun out here. Um, <clears throat> Brett, I think that's the show for today. Anything else on, on your end? Any hot topics? I think we covered it all. Thank you all for watching. This has been fun. Uh, we'll send out some show notes via the Twitter feed. <clears throat> Follow us uh, at live underscore NFTs. I'm at Tyler underscore did underscore it. Um, on our Twitter page, we got the link to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, uh, and of course, YouTube. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Uh, and we'll talk to everyone soon.